0: Hi, guys. I'm Marie. And I'm Maddie. And we are here recording Lost in the Woods. Welcome. I don't know who knows this and who doesn't, but since pretty early on in the podcast, we have been putting all of our, like... All our banter. Yep. Like our chit-chat, our banter, everything goes at the end so as not to interrupt the story. So, if you haven't been... Listening for that, you should probably start because they're usually kind of
1: entertaining. I don't know. Or there is one episode where every single word I messed up on is so collabed at the end I, of the podcast. I cut every mistake out
0: that Maddie made because I was I was making a point because she didn't think that she messed up that much, and so to make a point, I as I fixed all of her mistakes, I strung them all together and put them at the end. What episode is that? We need to find Dude, that's out. That's
1: really, really early on. Oh my that's gosh. Really it's early so on. That's like the old Mike's original room. Yeah. That's not even in the bunker. We weren't even in the bunker at that it's point. It's so funny though. It's so funny.
0: Today, we are telling you guys the story of a 23-day crime spree that terrorized small town Canada and maybe the largest manhunt in Canadian history. Where to start on this story kind of plagued me for a little bit. I wasn't sure if we should start with the victims. I wasn't sure if we should start with the killers. I really just wasn't very sure. Tell me we're starting with the killers. We are, actually. Boom. Okay, so today we're going to start off by talking about Cam McLeod, who is 19, and Briar Schmigelsey, who is 18. And these two were best friends since elementary school and bonded via gaming. So they were super into gaming. Okay. So on July 12, 2019, Cam and Briar leave Port Albany and head to Whitehorse to find work. Now the two had been working at the Walmart in Port Albany, but had quit after five weeks. On their way out of town, they legally purchased one SKS semi-automatic rifle and a box of 20 rounds of Winchester 7.62 ammunition. They did this at the Cabela's in Nanemo, BC, using
1: Cam's acquisition license. So So they were legally able at 18 and 19 to purchase a semi automatic rifle?
0: So it, you have to be 18. The law is the same here. you have to be eighteen to gotcha. legally purchase this, but you also have to have and like he had to have his acquisition license in okay. order to purchase this
1: that would that would i that would make sense.
0: They were driving a dodge pickup with a camper on it. Breyer does send a message to his dad saying that they were going to Alberta instead and maybe unreachable now, for this area in Canada, it is not unusual to not have cell service okay. So this is not alarming that they won't be able to reach them for a while. I mean, dude, we drive like 40 minutes. We're out of cell service. Exactly. Yeah. So basically, according to their family, they are just two good kids off on an adventure.
1: Okay. And then we have Lucas Fowler and China Reese. Lucas was uh, the baby of four kids. He was 23. He was in the country on a work visa, but from Australia where his father is a New South Wales police officer. He enjoyed camping and backpacking and had gone to Croatia to go on a backpacking trip for two years where he met a girl named China. So China is 24. She's the baby of three children and was an American from Charlotte. Charlotte what? Charlotte Where? I think Charlotte's in North Carolina, isn't it? Is it? Sounds Southern. North Carolina. Yep. So she had graduated from Appalachian State University with a business and psychology degree. She also studied in France and traveled in Europe. That's cool. Okay. The two were described as love-struck teenagers. So in 2017, they traveled across the U.S., Mexico, and Peru— so, just a traveling couple. They both really like to travel. Yes.
0: Very experienced. I want to meet an
1: Australian backpacker. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and when China's mom drove her to the airport to go meet up with Lucas for this adventure that they're going to go on, she said that she had no uneasy feelings about the trip because the pair had traveled extensively together already.
1: Oh, yeah, and they sound both like very prepared, responsible, know
0: what they're mm-hmm. doing. So, on July 13, 2019, Lucas and China head out in their 1986 blue Chevy van on a trip to see the Canadian national parks before heading to Alaska. The van, they were planning on living in this as they traveled. Mm-hmm. It had tinted windows, would make it easy for them to have some privacy. So Lucas had been working on a ranch called Hudson's Hope since February, and he was scheduled to return to the ranch at the end of summer. So they're taking the summer they're going to go do some traveling around before he has to come back to work. Okay. They actually stop at a gas station and are caught on video. And I'll post this video. But Lucas is pumping gas and China is cleaning the window off. No doubt trying to get all of the bugs. dead bugs. Yeah. And after she's done, she walks over to Lucas. And she's kind of like standing on the curb and he's on the ground. And she wraps her arms around him. And he puts his arms around her and they kind of just like embrace. It's super cute. They just seem
1: to be enjoying each other's company and enjoying their trip. I think about this every time we go backpacking, hiking, whatever, is that wherever we are and we touch last we're seen on CCTV, I'm like, well, this is the last thing they're going to see. They're going to find my fingerprints on this we go missing we actually do that a lot where we'll be somewhere and i'm like they're
0: gonna be really confused when they watch this video for whatever reason you know whatever we're doing or if we're screwing around or yeah i know i feel like when we go on an adventure i always have like
1: the narrative of our podcast or a podcast in my head all right so on july 14th which was a sunday i guess 20 kilometers south of Laird Hot Springs, the couple's van floods and they become stranded on the side of the highway. Now, this isn't unusual and they knew they'd just have to wait it out and the van would start up again. I feel like anybody who owns a van. Not even a van. I mean, any vehicle in general. Like,
0: my first car was a Toyota Celica and I used to have to push start it. It was a manual. so That's cute. I'm like, who wants a ride to school today because I need some people to push my car. So I would always try to park on a hill and we had to push start it. And, uh, my second vehicle was a lowered tinted truck. Like windows were super tinted. Yeah, and didn't you get pulled it had over a, all
1: the time in that one? I
0: did. It had a race car steering wheel. Beautiful. And when I was driving across the flats one day, the drive shaft just fell out of the bottom of the car. And in order to start the car, I had to take a screwdriver and I had to like jam something closed, start it, and then take out the screwdriver. And then I could drive. Mm-hmm. So I'm very familiar with how to deal with a finicky car like this. So it's, it was something they had already dealt with multiple times.
1: Yeah. Well, they, yeah. So at 1014, Cam and... Okay, moving back. We're on Cam now. We're leaving chronological. Think about this chronological. We're going to bounce around a little bit, but it's all in chronological order. So same day at 1014 a.m., on the same day, Cam and Brier were seen on surveillance video at a business in Chedwood, British Columbia, about 10 hours away from Laird Hot Springs where Lucas and China's van is broken down. Right. At
0: 3.30, a mechanic named Curtis was driving home from a week-long camping trip with his wife Sandra and their two kids when he noticed a van parked on the side of the highway that looked like it might be broken down. He pulled over to see if they needed help because he's a mechanic and he's a nice guy. and yeah, naturally. He said the pair appeared to be happy and smiling. They assured him that they had the situation under control. They were actually sitting in armchairs on the side of the road eating lunch while waiting for the van to be able to be started back up again. They explained to him that the van was just flooded and he said that he was actually impressed with Lucas's knowledge of what was going on with the car. So he left them to it, and there were multiple other witnesses that saw them sitting on the side of the road.
1: So at 5.05 p.m., that is a very specific time, Cam and Breyer were at a gas station in Fort Nelson. And it's because there's CCTV for of other. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's why it's such an exact number. So they purchased food and a cowboy hat about five hours from the broken-down van. So now we know they're
0: heading in the direction mm-hmm. towards of the, van. the van, right? Sometime between 4 p.m. Sunday and 8 a.m. Monday, Lucas and China are shot multiple times on the side of the road. Now, if Cam and Briar had continued on their current route, they could have reached the couple around 10
1: p.m. So that's in the time frame. hmm So on July 15th, Cam and Briar made it to the Yukon, where they are seen at a gas station in Whitehorse, which is about six hours past the van where Lucas and China are. And two days later, they traveled back to BC after having issues with their truck.
0: At 1.50 a.m., a surveillance video from Laird Hot Springs Lodge showed a truck traveling northbound on Alaska Highway. It was a pickup truck with a camper and had a light bar on the roof. And this is consistent with cam's truck okay at 3:23 a.m surveillance video from a watson lake gas station shows the truck traveling northbound on alaska highway the gas station is located 150 kilometers away from laird river hot springs so about a two-hour drive
1: at 719 fort nelson rcmp Royal Canadian Mounted oh, Police. yeah. God, I always forget. It's such a beautiful name. RCMP. So, Royal Canadian Mounted Police. Mountain or mounted? Mounted. Okay. Like mounted on a horse? Yeah. They responded to a report of two deceased persons near Highway 97, about three and a half hours from Fort Nelson. A highway maintenance worker reported the discovery. Okay, so he had come across the van and the back doors were left open and the windows were broken. Why did they break the windows? I think they shot the windows. Fuck. Okay, so it took police about three hours to get to the scene. Yeah, so kind of a rural area. Yeah, so the van had Alberta license plates and was registered to Lucas Fowler. And there were two bodies near the van. They were laying on the ground, face down in a ditch, and the cause of death was gunshot wounds. They were cold to the touch. They had been shot in the front and back, and bullets on the ground underneath the pair indicate that the killers continued to shoot them after they lay helpless in the dirt. I really don't like that. No, that's severe overkill. That is unnecessary. Yeah. The whole thing's unnecessary, but shooting them like that, that... so lucas had five separate injuries and china had seven so they did an extensive search of the crime scene and the surrounding area so they collected spent and unspent shell casings
0: yeah and curtis the mechanic who had stopped to check on them when they were broken down said that he felt confident that the couple was safe when he left and he was devastated to learn that they had been murdered
1: well, you don't expect that. I know. It's so, so sad. Okay, so at 4 p.m., Cam and Brier were at Whitehorse Gas Station where they purchased a 20-liter jerry can. Yeah, it's like a
0: big gas can. At 7.45 p.m., Cam sends a message to his mom, but we don't know what the content of this message is. This was probably around 12 hours after the bodies of Lucas and China were discovered. And this would be the last message sent from his phone. Oh my god, do they die too? Do they burn themselves? They light something on fire. And Breyer also sends a message to his family that says,
1: in Whitehorse. Okay, so on July 16th, after getting a search warrant for the van, police find identification belonging to Lucas and China. So China's brother British told the Charlotte Observer their bodies were so badly beaten the family was told an open casket would not be allowed. So not only were they shot with extreme overkill, they were beaten. We know that she had seven separate
0: injuries, Mm -hmm. but we don't know how many of those are gunshots or what kind of injuries they are. The police sergeant said, at this point, we have nothing to indicate that their deaths are linked to any other activity or ongoing investigation in the area, or if this is a heightened risk to public safety, which... I would say it's a heightened risk regardless of whether it's linked to anything else because there's two dead people in a ditch on the side of the road. Shot
1: multiple times. Severe overkill. They did Um, not shoot themselves, people. I think that that is definitely a public safety issue. And this,
0: there's a little controversy about this particular witness sighting, but police interviewed a witness who observed a male speaking to Lucas and China on the 14th
1: at approximately 10.40 p.m. What, they drove past the van in the dark and saw that a man was talking to them? Well, yeah, I
0: mean, they have headlights. You're right. The witness described that the van's back window was intact and not damaged at the time. This was the last known time that China and Lucas were seen alive. There are also mentions of a heated exchange between them and a man. Based on the witness information, a composite sketch was created and released publicly on July 22 in order to determine the identity of the individual, along with his vehicle, an older model Jeep Cherokee with a black stripe on the hood and a black light pole bar with small covered lights. This unknown male was considered a person of interest initially, but was later ruled out. But the witness remained publicly unidentified. So they have not named this witness for some reason. Maybe they never found this witness, but they don't think it has something to do with their murder. I don't know. Or they don't trust this witness's statement. But it's kind of a weird, like, I've read it in a couple different places and Mm -hmm. under
1: different tones, kind of. Okay, so also on July 16th, Leonard Dick leaves his Vancouver residence to go on an outdoor researching trip. Cool. And plans to camp along the way. Love that. This is really why I want a to van is He's a botanist, too. What's a botanist? Botany. Plants, flowers. Cool. Yes. Cool. That's my shit. Okay, so he's driving a silver Toyota RAV4. Okay, so Leo began working for the University of UBC's Department of Botany as a sessional lecturer in 2003 and completed his PhD the following year. He is 64 and enjoys camping with his family and occasionally, alone, likes the solo hiking. Okay, so he is married to Helen and they have two children. He tells his wife that he will be back in six days. He texts her the following day and the day after, but this would be the last time she hears from him. So police publicly announced that two bodies were found on the side of Highway 97, but give no further information. Right. They do confirm, basically. Yeah, that there are two bodies. That there are two bodies, but they give no information.
0: No, like. Gender, person, vehicle. They don't even give like a, hey, be on alert. At approximately 2.30 p.m., a witness working as a traffic controller supervisor near the 1435-kilometer marker on the Alaska Highway, so just east of Whitehorse in Yukon. He says he saw an older Dodge truck stopped along the highway with the hood up and two young males. He offered
1: assistance, but one of the males declined help. Okay, so on July seventeenth, police ask anyone with dash cam footage between four p m Sunday and eight a m Monday to come forward. That's cool. I don't think I've seen that happen in a case.
0: I'm guessing maybe more people in Canada have dash cams because I don't think that's as common here for i like I don't know anybody that has a dash cam. Jordan has a dash cam. Jordan does have a dash cam, ok. So I only know one person who has a dash cam. <laughs> And it came with the car that they just bought. I've never heard a plea for dash cam footage here, and maybe that's because not very many people have Dude, them. Dude,
1: we've done cases all over the world, and I've never heard a plea know, for dash cam right? footage. But that's that's really smart. That's really that's really smart. Yep. So also
0: on the seventeenth, the next of kin notifications for Lucas in China are done after careful verification of the victim's identities and correspondence with the U.S. Consulate Office and Australian Consulate Office and New South Wales Police. So there's so many jurisdictions involved. Right. right they have to contact so many people. I know. And this is the press conference that occurred once the notifications were done.
2: I'm here today to give you an update with respect to the investigation into the deaths of Lucas Fowler and China Deese, which occurred in Northern British Columbia last week. The investigation into the double homicide of 23-year-old Lucas Fowler and 24-year-old China Deese continues to progress. Investigators from the North District and BCRCMP major crime units are continuing their efforts. We can now confirm that China and Lucas were the victims of gun violence and that their van, a 1986 blue Chevrolet van with Alberta plates, was owned by Locus Fowler and was being used by the couple to explore northern British Columbia. Investigators are working through a number of tips and tasks, including speaking with individuals who saw or spoke to the couple, analyzing forensic and digital evidence, along with reviewing hours of CCTV and dash cam video footage. The number and types of specialized services and units and investigators continues to fluctuate based on investigative need.
0: I'm surprised that it took them this long, the 17th, to announce to the public that there are two victims of gun violence, a.k.a. there's a murder on the loose.
1: What day did they get shot? The 14th, I think. Jesus. Why did it take them so long? I don't know.
0: I think they just didn't want to release too much information. They didn't want to give anything away, but I feel like... That was poor. That was a poor choice. I feel like that should have been done sooner. Yes. No, it should have been. Personally... Also, on this day, Cam contacts his family around 3.30 p.m., and they deposit money into his bank account, but we don't know the amount. So, first off, why don't we have their text messages? I don't know. They probably didn't get a warrant for that information. At 6.27, Cam and Breyer were observed at a gas station in Porter Creek in Whitehorse.
1: So if you think you're safe, you're going to get caught at a gas station.
0: And we will post a bunch of the CCTV footage as well.
1: A witness driving along the Alaskan Highway around 11.40 p.m. saw two men on the side of the road but continued driving. And then after driving for a little bit longer after seeing the men, they pulled over and took a nap. Right, and this is Ken Albertson. He's 54.
3: And when they got closer to me, they slowed down very slow, slower uh, lower than walking speed. And then the passenger door on the truck opened, and someone stepped out holding a long gun. And that got my attention. He closed the door, and the truck drove off, leaving him standing there. And at that point, he started what I would call stalking behavior. Slightly crouched, walking as if he's trying to walk quietly, holding his gun in what I would call a a low-ready position. About the time that he was roughly halfway to where, where my vehicle was, I see headlights approaching from the opposite direction. And as I'm watching these headlights approaching, as it gets closer, I see, wait a second, that's the same pickup truck that dropped this guy off. And as it got closer to me, it started to slow down. And at that point, I realized this feels like an ambush. If I don't take action quickly, I'm going to get blocked in. So I leaped over the back seat <laughs> in my underwear, started up the truck, put it in gear, and roared out of there. As I went by the truck, I, I looked directly, and the driver turned his head and put his hand up like that, like he didn't want me to see him.
1: Imagine finding this out later, that you were almost murdered just crazy it's crazy that
0: he survived this it's crazy that because i think a lot of people would have been frozen in fear at this point you're in the back seat of your car you have to make yourself vulnerable in order to get into the front seat of your car and you're basically being hunted by somebody in the tree line next to you
1: no thank you fuck no i'm hopping into my front seat and i am out out
0: Out as fast as you can but I think a lot of people might have been frozen in fear. Most would. Probably. And he probably didn't have cell phone
1: service. Which is terrifying. So Ken reported the incident to the RCMP on the 21st. On July 18th, around 3 p.m., Cam and Brier made a purchase at a store in Deese Lake. They bought donut packages, a coffee crisp chocolate bar. What's a coffee? I don't know. It sounds delicious though. Sounds good. And two pairs of gloves, which I assume are like plastic gloves.
0: I don't know, but I don't like it.
1: Gardening gloves. I wouldn't any kind of gloves. Pairs of gloves. I'm just
0: going to say I don't like it. Any kind. On July 19 at 1138 AM, Cam and Briar were seen at a Wegner gas station. Sorry,
1: Canadians. I'm so sorry, anyone
0: from Canada. I know. Sorry, guys. They were in a silver RAV4. This gas station is located at the junction of Highway 16 and Highway 37 and is about 420 kilometers south of the Dease Lake homicide scene. Also on this day, an autopsy was performed on Lucas Fowler and China Reese and the pathologist concluded that they both died of multiple gunshot wounds.
1: Not surprising. Okay, so at 4.47 p.m., Cam and Breyer purchased a crowbar and electrical tape uh, Vanderhoof Hardware Store. I don't like crowbar and electric tape. No. Mm. That combination I don't like. Um, I, I do have a question for any of our listeners that work at a hardware store. Do people ever come and buy things and you're honestly concerned when they leave the store? Like, uh, Literally. So next week's case that we're doing
0: has a hardware store purchase. And I literally, I watched the CCTV footage for it and I was like, That employee has just got to be like, I knew it.
1: No, literally, like, I feel like if you worked at a hardware store, people would be buying. Because I've been to a hardware store and I've had purchases where I'm like, I feel suspicious. Mm -hmm. Like Like, buying stuff to like, (laughs) like buying things to like hang plants with, like the rope and like all that stuff. I'm like, okay, and
0: it is believed that they actually bought this electrical tape. To put racing stripes on the hood and back tire of the RAV 4 in order to change the appearance of the car. Now, the crowbar, I'm not sure. Maybe they couldn't figure out how to get into the, the back of the car or something. Maybe they couldn't find the, the pop the trunk button or whatever, but I don't know what they need a crowbar for. About 60 kilometers south of Death Lake, so where we have our first shooting is Fort Nelson. And this is about a seven and a half hour drive. And it's here that the RCMP respond to a
1: vehicle on fire on Highway 37. A highway worker stopped and advised the RCMP officers at the burnt truck scene about a deceased male that they had located approximately two kilometers south. He was laying on his back and is burnt and bloody and suffers injury to his head and body. And there is what appears to be fast food French fries scattered around his body.
0: Right, along with a red cardboard container. So obviously, these are from McDonald's. Now, the weird thing about the fries is they're from McDonald's, and the closest McDonald's is more than eight hours away. So it's not like somebody was casually eating these french fries that they had bought eight hours ago, and that's how they ended up here. Like, it's almost like they were intentionally
1: put there, but we don't know why. Weird. So the victim has no identification, and police are unable to immediately identify this man. So he has no ID, but his pockets were full of change. They found 13 items around his body, such as cigarette butts, a Molson beer can, a Red Bull can, and plastic flex ties.
0: Yeah, I'm going to put those on the list of things I don't want to encounter.
1: I call zip ties no.
4: No.
0: Yep, on the no list, definitely. Another traveler alerted police to the presence of a substantial amount of blood on the floor and walls of a rest stop outhouse on the other side of the bridge. Imagine just walking into a bathroom and it's just covered in blood. I do not think I would like that at all. The... Burnt vehicle turned out to be a pickup truck registered to Cam McLeod. Now, initially, reports go out that there are two missing teenagers. And investigators are fearful for their safety. Oh, because they find his truck.
1: So they're like, oh my God, like... We might have another victim. Yeah. So there were also more discoveries found along Highway 37, such as... Trash can set on fire at another rest stop about five kilometers south of the scene. So, setting shit on fire. Yep. A black and yellow folding knife and Cam's employee ID from Walmart in Port Albany. Yeah, why are you leaving your work ID badge
0: behind? S- Come on, guys. Seriously. So in all, there were six different scenes that were identified over a 50-kilometer radius. And items that had been bought by Cam and Brier were found along with a damaged SIM card belonging to Cam. Okay. So he left his work ID. He left a damaged SIM card. Like, what are you guys doing? This kid
1: is just not thinking about anything.
0: I, I don't think any of this is really thought through, no, honestly. No, it doesn't
1: sound like it is.
0: The COD of the victim at the scene ended up being a single gunshot wound. There was a casing nearby. The casings from this bullet matched the markings of one of the guns that was used at the crime scene for the Lucas and China murders. Okay. So now police know that these two cases are connected. So I think at this point it becomes more obvious that there might be a spree killer on the loose. Okay, so late that night, police spoke with the families of Cam McLeod and discovered that he had left Port Albany with his friend, Briar Schmigelski, on July 12. Interviews were conducted with both families by the RCMP, and they described their children as good kids who had just left home to go look for work. They said the kids had been in touch and had sent pictures. They also shared that they had had car troubles along the way. July 17 was the last contact, though, that the families had had with either boy. Cam's girlfriend actually said that she got a message from Cam on the day that he left. She had said something like, you left without telling me? And he said, seriously, sorry, but I'm not coming back. She reached him on the phone a few hours before the first murder, and he refused to say where he was, and he ended the call abruptly.
1: Imagine your boyfriend just... Being a psycho spree killer all of a sudden.
0: Dude, they also learned from Briar's grandmother that he had been upset over the rejection of a girl. And allegedly this girl happened to be Cam's younger sister. What? So Cam's younger sister had rejected Briar and he was upset about it.
1: Police dogs, search and rescue, tactical troops, and air services were utilized in efforts to locate the missing teenagers in the Deese Lake area. The working theory initially was that they were injured or may have been victims of this killer themselves. So on July 20th, Cam and Briar are in Fairway, Alberta, making purchases at a gas station. So we know now that they are alive, alive. and well. Yes. Theme for this episode would be... Maddie's confused. Don't stop, as, <laughs> as, don't stop at, a, at this many goddamn gas stations if you're on the run. Okay, so obviously,
0: yes. Obviously, all of their gas stations have CCTV, but I don't think these two are
1: worried about getting caught. You're right. They're probably not. So Lucas's family arrives in Vancouver at this point.
0: On July 21, Cam and Breyer arrive in Saskatchewan. While in Cold Lake, Alta, they get stuck in the mud. And a friendly local man named Tommy decides to pull over and help them out. The two actually gave him their real names, and they shook his hand after he got them unstuck. He wrote on his Facebook later, I wish I had known something wasn't right with these guys.
1: Dude, that's so rough. What's interesting
0: to me is that multiple people have interactions with these two, and they don't end up dead. So what exactly, I wonder, set them off?
1: I think it's the hunting. I think it's yeah. the thought of, because he goes a, out of his way to go and hunt the guy that got away. He goes out of his way to get in a tactical hunting stance Yeah, to go after him. And I, that
0: could be what they did in the other two Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. I think that killings. that's exactly yeah. what is driving them, is turning into a video game, them hunting the people down in the car. Yeah. So, on July 22nd, a witness who knows the two teenagers tell police that the two may not only... Be capable, but may be involved in the murders. Right, and this does contradict what police have heard from
0: the families. Well, no family is going to be like... I know. Well, and not only that, but I think even after talking to the families, the police were still, like, a little suspicious. Mm -hmm. But they are officially named as suspects. At approximately 2 p.m., the E Division Major Crimes Investigators received... The surveillance stills from the Meadow Lake RCMP,
1: and this showed the two in a silver Toyota RAV4. So, meanwhile, new details are emerging about an encounter with Cam and Briar on July 22nd in Split Lake. First Nations Safety Officer Sylvia Sanders said the two had driven past the check stop on a gravel road leading to Split Lake. The small community is dry and stops all vehicles to check for alcohol. So this
0: is actually a dry county. You are not allowed to have alcohol
1: in it at all. What? So when the Toyota didn't stop, the two banned constables, manning the checkpoint, hopped in their vehicle and pursued them down the hill with lights on. Miss Saunders said, the constable pulled over the two young men and informed them that they were supposed to stop at the checkpoint. They apologized and said that they needed to gas up. So, Miss Sanders said that one of the constables said they would have to take a quick look inside the vehicle. They looked towards the back seat and said that they noticed camping gear and maps and they did not, however, do a thorough search or even ask the two to get out of the vehicle or anything like that. Obviously, they didn't find guns. They didn't find... Their sketchy tape and they're... Right, because
0: we know that they have guns in the car. So obviously they're under seats or they're hidden or they're in the yeah. trunk or whatever. So this encounter at the checkpoint happened on July 19. And by early afternoon, the following evening, their vehicle was found torched near Fox Lake Creek, which is about 170 kilometers away. So obviously this checkpoint scared them Mm -hmm. they were worried that maybe their truck would be identified who knows and i think this is when they decide to ditch the car and get themselves a new one at 110 cam and briar are seen at mcdonald's in thompson manitoba and they are driving a rav4 the video shows a racing stripe on the hood and the back tire of the vehicle very creative guys look this Rav Four has a racing stripe. Obviously, it can't it's not be stolen. the same
1: vehicle. Come um, on. If I were going to do that, I would have just gone straight for spray painting the entire vehicle a different color.
0: Well, what's funny too is by this time, the victim hasn't been identified, so nobody's actually looking for this car yet. They don't know who the victim is, and they don't know what vehicle he was driving. He's unidentified. They took his ID. They took all of his stuff. So I guess they're doing this just to, like, just in case the police did a better job than they thought. Michelle Keeper, who works at a gas station in Split Lake, just outside of Gillum, said that the two Port Albany men bought gas from her on Monday. She said that they didn't seem suspicious and added that it wasn't until Tuesday When they were named as suspects in the death of two tourists and an unidentified man in northern BC, that she realized she'd had a brush with the killers. Again, another person that they interacted with who they didn't kill. So I think it is all about the hunt for them. On July 22, a search warrant was executed on the truck. And the search specialized investigators were required due to the fire damage because An average investigator doesn't deal with fire damage, which changes how you handle evidence.
1: Oh, yeah. Like the burnt, charred, everything. Right.
0: All that. From the search, a burnt metal aluminum canister was located. Although the canister was damaged, the numbers 7.62 and 1975101 could be identified on the top of the canister. Furthermore, multiple burnt ammunition rounds with the headstamp 101 and 75 were seized from the truck. Police also found a gas nozzle from a jerry can near the burnt truck. And remember, the boys had bought one of these on July 15. Later that day, Gillum RCMP were dispatched to a vehicle fire, and it was the Silver RAV4. There was an advisory for this vehicle, and they believed that it could potentially be associated with the two suspects. So, you know, they ditched the car. It's on fire. They're gone. Right, and it's thought that they just kind of, like, took off into the woods
1: and are hiding out in the woods, maybe? So the Royal Canadian Mounted Police and Canadian military, including the Royal Canadian Air Force— I love how everything is royal. This mm-hmm. <laughs> good. Okay, Royal Canadian Air Force CC-103H Hercules? Close, 130H Hercules. Okay, there's numbers and letters together in a single thing.
0: It's not good. So it's the CC-130H Hercules and the CP-140 Aurora patrol
1: plane. And these planes are equipped with infrared cameras and image radar and flood of the area. They're just looking for these boys. They're looking... Okay,
0: at 1.06 p.m., a composite sketch of the single male victim was released to the public. Because remember, they still have not identified this man. So they were asking the public for help in
1: identifying him. Helen Dick called the police saying that she believed the sketch might be her husband.
0: Oh. First off, can you imagine seeing a sketch of somebody on TV and being like,
1: oh, weird, that kind of looks like, oh, shit. That might be my husband. Yeah. She said that he left for a research trip on the 16th in his silver Toyota RAV4. So unfortunately, the victim did turn out to be Leonard Dick. So now we know that Cameron Breyer had shot him, stolen his RAV4, his money, his digital camera, and set their own truck on fire and headed east to Gillum.
0: Okay. And then also a man named Sawchuck. I'm assuming that's the last name. If not, super cool. But he runs a sightseeing
1: company. I hope he's friends with Chuck Norris, like Saw Chuck.
0: Why would you be friends with Chuck Norris? Dude, because look he at that name. Saw Chuck. No, that would be legendary. Okay, Chuck Norris, do you and Saw Chuck know each other? You guys friends? No. Okay. Anyway, Saw Chuck runs a sightseeing company called Nelson River Adventures. And he was taking a group of tourists along the river when he saw a blue sleeping bag tangled in the willows. And also two pillows. So RCMP come to the area and start searching. They also find out that Leo's last purchase was at a gas station approximately twenty kilometers away from where his body was found. And this was at 746 PM according to timestamps.
1: Okay, so was that him actually purchasing something or the boys using his card? That
0: was him. Okay. The two boys really fancied themselves survivalists and had been practicing their bush skills back home. Now, I don't know how adept they actually were at being survivalists. I don't know that they actually had actual skills, but they considered themselves survivalists. Mm, They play a lot of video games, mom. So at this point, the RCMP are called to another vehicle fire. And this is near the town of Gillam, and it is a RAV4. Yep. But there is no sign
1: of Cam or Briar. So, on the 24th, the RAV4 is confirmed to belong to Leonard Dick. Preliminary findings determined that two guns were used at the Fort Nelson homicide and that one of them was used, the Deese Lake homicide.
0: Yeah, so they got ballistics back. So they found that two different guns were used at the Fort Nelson crime scene. So this was the murder of Lucas and China, gotcha. And that one of those two guns were used at, at the, the Deese Lake. Lake to
1: kill Leo. Understood. Okay. Okay, on July 26th, uh, search warrants were executed at the homes of Cam and Brier, but nothing they found indicated that they were going to go on a, a spree killing. Right. I mean, I'm sure they found
0: plenty of questionable things, but nothing that alluded to the fact that they were headed out to murder people. Or
1: any indication of where they would be now or... Right.
0: Again, we've talked about this when it comes to the woods before. You would think that it would be easy to find two people in the woods, Right as we've seen time and time again time and time again but it's not you guys the terrain here is very unforgiving it's very Dude, dense it's
1: all all of it is unforgiving
0: you guys they even found a polar bear while searching uh, the f- wait yeah there was a polar a- bear in the woods while they were searching for cam and briar it's canada They have polar bears. Can I see a map of Canada and where we are exactly? Yeah, it's close to Alaska. So Maddie just learned something new. We rocked her world about polar bears being in Canada. I didn't
1: know. (laughs) I mean, I guess I knew they were in Alaska. So like theoretically they they're in Canada as well. Right. But it's one of those things where it just tells you how
0: wild this There's a polar bear. I want to see a polar bear. Okay. We don't even really see normal bears. No, not really. Okay. On July twenty eighth, there is a sighting <gasps> of the two polar
1: bears. Are really cute. though. Not like, a look, at, look at it. Wait, look at it hanging onto its mama's butt. It's very
0: cute. Okay, <laughs> stop distracting. Okay. On July twenty eighth, there is a sighting of the two near York Landing, and the area gets locked down. This town is located southwest of Gillam. Which by car is about three and a half hours or 200 kilometers and also requires a ferry ride. Okay, so to me, three and a half hours by car, if they didn't steal another car, seems impossible. Like, I feel like they couldn't have walked that far. But James Fable, he had spotted two men matching the description of Cam and Briar near the dump around 415 They appeared to be scavenging for food, and when they realized they had been spotted, they bolted across the road. Chief Leroy, constant of the York facility, First National, said Mounties remain on scene with helicopters, dogs, and emergency response teams. They wrote that ERT were conducting ground searches with dogs and heavily armored officers, and they urged everyone to remain indoors
1: with their windows and doors locked. How terrifying would that be if... We just got a notification that said, stay in your house, lock your doors. Well, especially
0: in a small town like this. I mean, this is a place where people don't even lock their doors. Oh, for sure not. But they found no further sign of the two men from the dump and were
1: unable to substantiate the sighting. Okay. The RCMP received more than 260 tips and canvassed more than 500 homes. The media wanting answers started asking TV personalities, Survivor Man and Man Tracker, for guidance. Right. So, Survivor Man is like the
0: Bear Gryllis. Remember that episode where we got a lot of flack because we didn't know who Bear Gryllis was? So, Survivor Man is kind of like Bear Gryllis. And Man Tracker, he actually is on a show where he tracks down people and you get a head start and have to evade him for a certain amount of days in order to win. Fuck that. That is terrifying. <laughs> terrifying. I know. Hell no. But by all accounts, both of these men are survivalists and very well-versed in the terrain in this area.
1: Yeah, I don't I don't like Man Tracker. That is extremely I do not disturbing. want to be on a show called Man Tracker. I don't no, want to ever you. feel like I'm being hunted <laughs> in my life. On July
0: 29, several items belonging to the suspects are found, including hundreds of rounds of ammunition, and they are found in the Sundance area,
1: which narrows their search even further. So on August 1st, Cam's backpack was found. Inside are his wallet, clothing, and more ammunition. God damn, how much ammunition did these boys have? A lot. Police also get a warrant to access their online gaming profiles, Cam's profile name was Angel of Death. Cool. cool. Jinx. <laughs> um, and Briars was Briar Brown, 123 kkk Very creative. I don't like either of these. I don't like either of them
0: either. I'm not going to lie. On August 2nd, police find items that may be linked to the suspects near the Nelson River after a battered rowboat washes ashore.
1: They conduct an underwater search, but find nothing further. On August 6th, police block off the abandoned town of Sundance, which has been vacant since 1992, with the exception of a murder suspect that hid there for three years? <laughs> yeah.
0: And I'm assuming they blocked it off just to have a presence there to like, prevent anybody oh, from hiding in there. Yeah,
1: we don't want that happening again. Yeah, Remember that, that was one time. That was embarrassing. That you guys. was really let's, embarrassing. Let's, let's not
0: let that happen again. On August 7, police locate two bodies that are in the brush only eight kilometers from where the burnt RAV four had been found. There are also two SKS semi-automatic rifles and empty cartridges. It is determined that the rifles are the same ones used in the other three homicides. And it is confirmed that the two bodies belong to Cam and Briar. So it looks like Cam shot Brier and then shot himself. But it gets weirder, you guys, because police found video confessions. And these video confessions were found on Leo's stolen camcorder. Dicks. Dicks. So the leaked autopsy does report that Brier's time of death is August seven, But... It also talks about how decomposed his body was. So I think that they just wrote the date that he was actually found because it was later amended to between the 27th and the 29th, which would mean that the pair were probably alive for at least four days after they burnt Leo's car, but before they killed themselves. And I'm going to play you the press conference that police had when they found the teens.
4: At approximately 10 a.m., RCMP officers located two male bodies in the dense brush. This was within one kilometer from where the items linked to the suspects were found. This is approximately eight kilometers from where Mr. Dick's burnt RAV4 vehicle was located. Manitoba RCMP has confirmed that the autopsies are being scheduled in Winnipeg to confirm their identities and to determine. Their cause of death. While we are still waiting for the definitive confirmation of the identities of the two deceased men, we believe that they are in fact the individuals that we were searching for. We still need to ensure that our investigative findings, whether it's statements, evidentiary timelines, physical or digital evidence, continues to confirm our investigative theory and eliminates any other possibilities or suspects. Until that is completed, we will not conclude this file. Regarding the motive, it's going to be extremely difficult for us to um, ascertain uh, definitively what the motive was. Obviously, we will not have the opportunity to speak with these individuals. And again, the examination of the area where they were located today is still being uh, dealt with and searched. So there may be additional items that uh, could help in that regard, identifying a motive, et cetera, but uh, we don't have that information yet. There is significant evidence that links both crime scenes together. We want to bring back all of the information and all the evidence that we have. Our investigators will go through that meticulously and we'll be in a better position perhaps in the future, the near future, to talk about all of the linkages perhaps that existed. But suffice to say, there was significant evidence that linked our suspects to both crime scenes.
0: I imagine that after this press conference, the entirety of Canada was probably relieved. So let's talk about the videos, you guys. So there are six of them. The videos of them being... The videos that Cam and Briar left behind. Okay, and we're definitely not playing those. We are not playing those. So on Leo's camera, there are six short videos and three still images pertaining to the suspects. And... The police have elected to not release the footage out of respect for the families.
1: totally makes sense to me.
0: And to not encourage copycats. And I 100% agree with all of that. The first video is nearly a minute long, and it features both men confessing to the three murders. They are both visible in the video. And Breyer stated that they are responsible for the murders and that they planned to hijack a boat and go to Europe or Africa.
1: Why do they always have such a unrealistic... Like, grandiose
0: scheme? I know. I don't know. In the second video, which is also about a minute long, Breyer says that the pair reached the Nelson River, which is very big and moving fast, and they may have to kill themselves. Well, that plan escalated. Cam agrees with him, and there is still no remorse, and they again take credit for the murders. Okay. In the third video, it's 32 seconds long, and it shows the pair have shaved in preparation for their death.
1: Why the fuck did they shave? I don't know.
0: And are planning to kill more people and that they expect to be dead in a week. In the fourth video, which is 19 seconds long, they express their plans to die by suicide and plan to shoot themselves and that they have found a nice little spot by the river to do so. Jesus, fuck. The fifth video is six seconds long, And appears to be unintentional. Okay. In the sixth one, which is 31 seconds long, they express their last will and testament. Jesus. And say that they wish to be cremated.
1: And then you wanted to go over the images? Okay. So image one is Briar laying on his side posing with an SKS rifle. Image number two is a blurred... Picture that appears to be unintentional and has a finger in front of the lens. Damn it. If you're only going to take three pictures, like, can we not take a finger picture,
0: you guys? And number three is Cam from the chest up. So, super disturbing all around, I think. All of it. And nowhere in any of their videos do they say why. One thing we like to go into on a lot of our cases is just a little bit about... The Killers, I always just feel like I need more information to figure out why this person did right this said thing, especially in something like this where they wanted to be known. They left a tape, they shaved, they took pictures, like they did all of these things, but yet they never say why so Alan Schmigalski said that his son took him to a surplus store about eight months ago in the small vancouver island hometown of port albany where the teen was excited about nazi artifacts his dad said that he was disgusted and dragged him out he said that his grandparents fled from the ukraine with three small children during the second world war so this kind of bothered him a little bit i think that's enough to bother anybody yeah and despite his son's fascination with the collectibles he said he didn't believe that his son identified as a neo-nazi but was just intrigued by the memorabilia. But to your point, he did have KKK as part of his screen name. And then there was an owner of a military surplus store who also recalled two boys came into a store and bought one of the replica knives that are inscribed with the German words, blood and honor. He said that they were really excited about it. And he said that he didn't know rather the pair were Breyer and Cam, and he doesn't have security cameras, so they couldn't really verify it. But... Briar had allegedly sent a photo of this item to another gamer. So chances are probably good that it was him. Yeah, This is why I wish, though, that people, especially killers, could be more honest, you know? Especially the ones that get caught. I mean, these guys killed themselves, so obviously they can't. But the ones that get caught, if they could be more honest, we might be able to get more
1: answers about the behaviors and what leads to them, but... And both young men's Facebook pages were connected to an account called Elusive Gaming, which has a modified Soviet flag as its icon.
0: Right, okay. but it's a private group, so you can't see What's... more about them without. But that's their yeah, gotcha. your picture. Gotcha, yeah, gotcha.
1: So another disturbing thing is that Breyer posted on his Facebook is guns don't kill people; it's mostly the bullets. Good one. Good okay. One. Um. Well, I'd like to say that that's. Not how the saying goes, and that's not—no.
0: Right, and it's almost like he's, uh, like—he's probably just trying to be funny at this point in time. I mean, I don't know when this post was posted, but it's almost like he's trying to take the responsibility off of the person that is doing the killing, right? Like, because the whole saying is, guns don't kill people, people do. Exactly, yeah, people kill people. There's also a photograph that police found of Breyer in military fatigues holding— an airlift rifle and wearing a gas mask. Cool. And like I said, they found nothing on either boy's computer indicating why they would have done this. It's so bizarre to not leave anything behind. One thing that I really like is there's this truck driver who regularly drives along the Alaskan highway where Lucas and China were murdered and he had lost his daughter and he actually placed a cross at the site where they were murdered and he put an American flag for China and an Australian flag for Lucas. Oh, I know. One thing that police could never figure out is why the victims that were targeted were targeted. Because if you think about it, these boys interacted with multiple people who could have been their victims, but they weren't. So for some reason, these three people... Wrong place, wrong time. I mean, I don't really yeah, know. I, I really think
1: that that's it. I think that it was just wrong place, wrong time. I think it yeah. was just...
0: Awful. But neither boy had a criminal record and there was only limited police interactions at all with them.
1: That's nuts to me. It's crazy. It really sounds like a school shooter. Like, this literally sounds like any background, anything mm-hmm. to literally every single school shooter we've had here in America. I know. It's
0: very... um It's very alarming that children who have a relatively normal life can can do things like this. Yeah, can do things like this. I find it very crazy. Um, And we had help researching this case from Laura Shuttleworth. Thank you so much, Laura. Thank you, Laura, for helping us out with this case. We really, really appreciate it. And I believe Laura is from Canada, too. So it's one of her hometown cases. Which is so fun. Okay. So we want to thank our new Patreons and we have our new patrons. So I think Patreon is the website and patrons is the people.
1: That is exactly what I was... That was the exact question (laughs) I was trying to ask last week. If
0: you didn't hear our conversation last week, there was a lot of confusion and Maddie like... Went off on a tangent. I don't know if I put it in or if I cut it out. I, don't I was remember. listening to another
1: podcast and they were calling their page like it wasn't their Patreons. It was their patrons.
0: Yeah. So we've been calling them Patreons and pa- we've done both. So sorry about that, guys. You are patrons. We know. Patrons. That's the like <laughs> correct. <laughs> OK, so thank you so much, Sarah Beth Reed, for joining our Patreon. Welcome. We're so happy to have you. We have Elise Rucker. Hi, Elise welcome to Patreon. And then we have Jamey Widerholt. And we have Brian Spencer and Sarah LD. Yeah. Thank you, Jamey, Brian, and Sarah. Thank you everybody for joining our Patreon. We are so, so happy to have you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We couldn't do it without you. And we're so excited about our bonus stuff coming out this month. So be looking for that. Okay, so thank you, thank you, thank you. You guys are amazing. We really appreciate you. And thank you, all of our listeners. You guys are amazing. And we will see you next week. Yep. Bye.
4: Little
1: ladybug. Where? On your table.
0: They creep me the fuck out.
1: They don't creep me out that
0: much. No, I literally feel like that thing wants to eat my face off right now. Would Look they... at it. Oh, my God. Oh, my no. God. No, Mom. I don't like it. I don't like it. And by the way, today there was a daddy long leg on the ceiling in the living room. And Phoenix was like, oh, he's kind of cute, but uh, I don't like him. I don't like him. <laughs> and I was like, okay. And so I get the mop out of the closet and she goes... Mom, I don't like him, but I don't want you to kill him. And I was like, and I was like, well, that's what mom does. Mom kills spiders. If you want somebody to save the spider, you need to go get Maddie. She was like, Mom. And I was like, fine. So I had to let the spider crawl onto the mop. And then I had to panic for like 10 seconds from the time that the spider's on the mop till I get it out the door. It was fucking terrifying. And I 100% blame you. For that situation that I'm in.
1: The only way I kill bugs is by giving them to Delilah. Because then I feel like the food chain is intact. Intact. It's and justifiable it's homicide. Just-
0: <laughs> <laughs> because she's just another animal. This ladybug is seriously going to okay, get me. I'll, I'll Can you get, get, it, I'll out, get, it, get it out, please? It it's really close to me right now. Look at it closely. It's Those things are fucking freaky. Look how it's walking right now. Oh my god, I feel like it's gonna bite your finger. I feel like I've never been bit by They uh, do kind of stink though. I don't know if they bite, but I'm just assuming because it looks terrifying. Okay, stop oh my- <laughs> 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 Madison, damn it. Stop playing with the ladybug and get it out of here. I swear <laughs> to God. <laughs> oh my god. So Maddie decided to play with the ladybug, and now it just flew towards my face and tried to eat my face off.
1: It's not the sun, baby. It's not the sun.
0: Yeah, get off the light.
1: Oh, Oh, God. Damn it, Maddie. Damn, that thing is fast. Come here, you son of a bitch.
0: Say that I am being dramatic. But you know what? You know what? I don't care. (laughs) You
1: go backpacking in the
0: woods and you're brave. fucking ladybug. Okay, but... If I'm in the woods, I'm in their environment, and they're not there to hurt me. When they come into my environment, they're trespassing, and I'm assuming that they're going to hurt me. It's different. Wait, is this the same episode that we talked about the tarantula in, too?
4: I have
1: no idea. I hope it's
0: not the same episode. I'm going to look like a big old baby today. Okay,
1: anyway. Um, this is making me laugh as hard as the I, I wanted to jump out of a window thing. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I did want to jump out the window, and it's not my fault. This
1: is one of the top dear ones. This is good shit. <laughs> uh,
0: that's a story for another day. Maybe we'll tell that story on Patreon. Oh man, I'd rather not share that story with the masses. I'm just saying. <laughs> anyway, we're gonna we're gonna get back to the story now. I'll move this to the end. Okay. Also, the rec room and the kitchen.
1: I I just threw away all the trash that was in there. Fucking a, dude. It's so messy. I know.
0: I, I I had to work out in mess today, and then I had to research in the office, which was also messy. So the rec room, messy. Did my work on the elliptical. Tried to ignore it. Just tried to look straight ahead. Don't look at anything else. It's you fine. Know what? I that mess. That is the other kids. So and then I moved to the office to do abs and stretch because that's the floor space that I use for that. Mm -hmm. And there is a Corona beer cap on the ground. Oh, fuck. There is pizza pocket. Pizza pizza pocket? Bagel bites. Bagel bites. Thank you. There are bagel bites cooked but sitting on the counter. There are... There's a mini pancake bag that's empty and full of other garbage. There is a jar of peanut butter. Like what the fuck
1: are you doing with the jar of peanut butter downstairs? I dipped my it's pancakes fine. pancakes. Okay, the peanut perfect. butter. And there wasn't enough, so I didn't go put it back upstairs. It was just garbage. Anyway, my
0: zen today has been stolen from me. It and is gone. And I was going to
1: clean it up in the morning
0: cuz I fell asleep on the couch. But you don't get up in the morning. You get up in the afternoon when I drag your ass out of bed. You have to remember I get up early. Just don't look at it. I can't not look at it. Close your eyes. Close my eyes. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I really needed a good workout today, too. It was very stressful.
1: I'm very stressed out right I'm now. I'm upset that the gym isn't open on Sundays. Cause I was trying to not really defend myself because I don't care what anyone thinks, but I think he's very attractive in the movies. Mm-hmm. But he gets more attractive as the movies go on because he gets, like, a scar across his face in the movie. And he just, oh, like, okay. as his character develops, he gets more attractive. We're talking about Madison's
0: obsession with Star Wars right now. Kylo Ren. <laughs> ben Solo.
1: That is it. And um, I was, like, not really defending but trying to explain it to Skylar. And she was, like, no, I can see it. And then we, watched, uh, we have one more movie to watch, which he's the most attractive in the ninth movie. Okay. So we have that one to watch, but when we watched the eighth movie, she was like, okay, I can see it now. I, I see why you find him attractive. <laughs> and then I have to have her watch the ninth movie because that's when he really thats funny—really gets good. Yes, our Star Wars talk has come because I got a Funko of Kylo Ren, technically Ben Solo, you know. Yep. So <laughs> He's a bobblehead one.
0: He's hanging out in the uh, bunker with us now. Mm-hmm. It's a good time. It's a good time.